Um, I want to start in this particular part now by uh, telling you something of our summer holiday this year. It's uh, nice, perhaps, in the middle of winter to uh, be thinking of summer holidays. And uh, I was reflecting back on our holiday this year. And usually what we have done over a number of years is we have gone to stay with family, with relatives. Uh, but this year, for a change, we, we did something different with our children, and uh, we were very blessed to be able to go to Holland and to centre parks out there. And while we were there, we, um, we, we got what's called a pony package, which means that for the seven days we were there, for four of them, we were looking after a pony. Uh, so here are a couple of snaps with our girls riding on ponies. It just wasn't just about riding ponies. Uh, they had other things that they had to do as well, like get hay for them, get water for them, even clean up after them. In fact, there was always something to do. It was really hard work. Um, you can see the girls in the top right there working away um, in that time. But it's not really the holiday itself that I want to talk about. It's about afterwards and what happened as we were traveling home. Uh, we had left, and uh, the traveling back was, uh, well, first of all, we needed to get a taxi from the center parts to uh, the train station, where we got the train from uh, there to Eindhoven station. There we would need to get a bus to get to the airport, and then the flight home before driving back from Stansted. And uh, all started well. We got the taxi on time. We uh, got to the train station. The train was on time. We arrived in Eindhoven, uh, absolutely great. We got a couple of hours before we needed to get the bus to the airport. Uh, and so we were there in the train station and we got our train tickets printed off. So Jenny got them out so we could get out of the train station and they were in the same place as our passports. Uh, and so she picked the passports out and then got the train tickets out. And I noticed in her hand were three passports. Uh, and I said to her at that moment, um, you have got my passport, haven't you? And she said, no, you've got it, haven't you? Uh, and the reason is that um, I, I have one of these little passport character uh, uh, holders, a, a little wallet, doubles as a wallet for your credit cards as well. Uh, and I've been carrying my passport around. But while we had been in our chalet, the chalet had a safe in our room. So what we'd done is we had put all the travel documents and all the passports in the safe whilst we were there, and our money went in there as well. And um, everything should have been fine. Um, halfway through the holiday, we decided that we were going to treat ourselves and rather than eat in the chalet, eat out in the Centre Park Centre at one of the restaurants there. Uh, and I remember going to the safe, opening it, taking out my wallet, because I would need to pay for the meal, and thinking, oh, I don't need my passport, do I? So I slipped my passport out of here and put it straight back in the safe. Um, and we thought, that's fine. Now, when it came to go, um, I came to the safe and realized that all the travel documents had gone. All that was left in the safe was my wallet and our car keys. So I picked them up and thought, oh, Jenny must have got my wallet, because I knew it wasn't in there. She had looked in and picked everything up and thought, there's Mark's wallet, his passport is in there, it's all fine. And so now here we were at Eindhoven train station, suddenly realizing that we'd got a passport missing. And um, 
Uh, we were there on the station and we unpacked all of our luggage. Not in there. Uh, I decided to ring Centre Parks in case for some reason the safe was about eye level. And I thought, maybe I've just missed the passport and it was in there. Or maybe it's dropped onto the floor. Would somebody go and look for it? Because we still had time to rush back there and get back in time for the plane. Rung them up. They sent somebody to look. No, it's not there. And it suddenly became apparent in that moment to me when we'd checked through all of our luggage and, um, and rung up and told that the passport wasn't there, that I was in trouble. <laughs> because I was in a foreign country with no passport. Uh, and so um, the next couple of hours were spent reporting to the police that my passport was missing phoning the embassy to find out what I needed to do next to get an emergency passport. They told me that not to expect to travel today, that it would take 48 hours for an emergency passport to come through. So I had to travel to the airport with the family uh, and wave them off on the plane. Uh, and then uh, the British consulate is in Amsterdam, so I had to travel from Eindhoven to Amsterdam whilst I was on my phone trying to find places to stay. Uh, I didn't know Amsterdam at all. Everywhere seemed really expensive. It was for a couple of nights, it was 300 euros or more, and I thought, that's a lot. I found a place for 150 euros. Uh, I later discovered the reason why, uh, because they were having lots of building work done, uh, so it was a bit of a building site. But I, I booked that place, traveled to Amsterdam. As I got to Amsterdam, I have to say, I was feeling a little bit stressed by that point. Um, my Things were not going to plan. We'd had a lovely holiday away. We were really relaxed. This was not how things should be on the last day. It wasn't how we'd planned it. I'd had to wave goodbye to the family. I'd been trying to book somewhere. I didn't know where to go in Amsterdam, really. I hadn't done any research. My phone by this stage was on about 5% battery, and it was the only means that I had to find my way to the hotel. Uh, and so I was there thinking, I, I hope this is going to work out. I don't know when I'm going to get back home. I was trying to remember my diary because I was due back at work the next day, thinking, what on earth am I going to do? What do I need to cancel? I, I was stressed. I was cross with myself because I'd messed things up. Uh, I was just like, how have I managed to lose my passport and not have it with me? Uh, and so all of that was going on in my mind as I came out of Amsterdam train station. And as you come out of there, I was looking around trying to get my bearings. And if any of you know the train station, it's got quite a large area expanse outside of um, brick tiles with uh, there's lots of bikes around, so there are lots of bike racks and uh, lots of people milling around. And then not so far away is one of the waterways, lots of waterways, lots of canals around Amsterdam. Uh, and so I was looking to try and get my bearings, hoping that my phone wouldn't give out as I was trying to work out where it was, feeling uh, stressed, feeling agitated, thinking what an idiot I am for having done all of this. Uh, and I looked around, and as I looked around, I saw um, this building. And uh, you won't be able to see it from there, but here's a slightly closer up of it. There's a building which has a message on there that as I came, it says, Jesus loves you. And actually, just at that moment, it was exactly what I needed to see. In my stressed state of having made a mess of things, things not going according to plan, worrying about what was going to happen next, there was a simple message on a building that says, Jesus loves you. 
Uh, and as I looked at that, and in that moment, I just suddenly felt a peace come over me because I was reminded of the truth. Jesus is with me and he loves me. I'm not on my own. Things may not be going according to plan. I may have messed things up. But Jesus loves me. In my mess and in my trouble, he is with me and he loves me. And in many ways, that is what the Christmas story tells us as well. We heard from our first reading this morning, this evening even, we heard that actually people rejected God. God loved Adam and Eve, and they decided that they would do the one thing that God had told them not to do. Why? Because they could become like God. When you become like God, you no longer need him. And that was the temptation that they faced, to live life without God. And they messed everything up. And again and again through the Bible, through the Old Testament story, we see the people messing up as God reaches out to them, as God tries to help, as God shows his love for them, people mess up. But God had a plan. In our mess, all the ways we reject God, and as we reject God, as we walk away from him, things so often go wrong in life. Through the difficult times, through the hardships, God still loves. And he showed his love by sending Jesus into the world. Jesus, God's own son. We didn't read this, but in Matthew's gospel, it puts it like this. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, the birth of Jesus tells us that God himself came into the world to live with us. Why? Because he loves us. Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. This is the message of Christmas that is revealed through the birth of a Savior, through the birth of Jesus. And that changes everything because, as our reading from John told us, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, things do go wrong in the world. Many of us here will have experienced those times, those moments where things have not been as we would want them to be. Many of us will have experienced those moments where we mess things up from how they should be. But he loves us and he is with us. He is the light. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. This is our hope for Christmas. And you may be here today, and you may be struggling because of the difficult things that you are facing in the world. It may feel like you are living in darkness. But the message of Christmas is this. There is a Savior born into the world who is with us 
and who loves us. And the darkness that we face, the difficulties that we face, will not overcome us because the light of Christ shines in the darkness with the message, Jesus loves you, Jesus is with you. And this gives us the hope and the strength that in our darkness, in our troubles, in the mess that we make of things, the light of Christ shines. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the wonderful message of Christmas. You may be here tonight not knowing Jesus as a saviour. You may be here tonight not knowing Jesus and the light that he can bring, Jesus and the peace that he can bring, the love that he has for each one of us. But let me tell you, I believe it is there. I believe I have experienced it, the love of Jesus, just in this very simple way. As I look back, it wasn't that big a thing, really. It seemed it at the time. But actually, that's what often happens with hindsight. We look back and think, actually, it wasn't so difficult that time. But actually, it's because there was a strength there and a peace that Jesus gives. In your situation at this Christmas, where do you need to see the light shining in your life? Because it is there, and God promises that he will overcome all the darkness so that we can enjoy his love and be with him forever. The Christmas message is good news. It's of a savior who loves you and who loves me. It's of one who promises that one day everything will be all right. The darkness may seem like it might overcome us, but it won't. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise be to God. Amen.